Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner. This is the other voice that you hear. Tim Foss. Of course, Ari Lillian Wall. This has been an extremely weird podcast. Getting dragged all day. So the bottom line is they, they don't have an answer to that. There's a reason they got signed to first team contracts. And if you're not going to give them respect for that, then have fun losing again next Very year. special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounders. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I'm Jeremiah Shan. Joining me today is Dave Clark. Say hi, Dave. That's me. And Susie Rance. Hello. So uh, we wanted to record today because there was some exciting, exciting news. Yeah, I'm going to call it exciting. Uh, it's and it's exciting because I think it represents something more than just the idea that outdoor stadiums are now going to be opened up to fans is like, I think six months ago, I would have not said that was exciting, that I was concerned about it, but because it's part of a like a finish line is starting to get within sight. And because there's a lot of positive news out there, like the COVID numbers aren't necessarily dropping anymore, but they're staying at a relatively low level. Uh, Hospitalizations are dropping. Vaccines, I saw today, there's 100 million people in the United States that I think are vaccinated, which which is a wild thing. I mean, it felt like a few weeks ago that it was like a, tiny number and now we're you know we're, we're getting close to like the most vulnerable people in the country almost are, are getting pretty close to being all vaccinated that's an exciting thing and it's a reason to be uh excited and i think it's a reason to feel like ah there's light at the end of the tunnel but we're not there yet and i think that's maybe why that's one of the things we want to talk about today uh but first let's get this out of the way there's been some reporting unfortunately <laughs> that all the outdoor stadiums are now open to 25%. That's not the case. Let's just put that out there right now. Uh, the Mariners have been approved for 9,000, which is not even 25% of their capacity, but 9,000 is actually the cap. The Sounders have not yet been approved for anything. The Rain have not been approved for anything. The Rainiers have not been approved for anything. No one else has been approved for anything. Talking to the Sound, but even if they were, the top would be 9,000, obviously the Rain and the Rainiers it would be lower and the defiance would be lower. Sorry. Uh, but let's start with the Sounders at least. Uh, I talked to the, I talked to some people with the Sounders and, and they were big, very like, don't put out there that it's 25%. It is not like you get to like 17,000 that way. It's not, it's not even going to be half of that. They said, I think it's going to be probably be closer to a third of 17,000. So like closer to 6,000 is the number that I was, I was hearing. Uh, and I think that actually makes me feel good, better about this whole thing, because I think it suggests that the Sounders are taking a very deliberate approach to this, that they don't, like, they understand that opening up CenturyLink or Lumen Field is going to have a lot of logistical challenges and that they need to figure this thing out. But before we get into the nitty gritty, just in general, how are, how are you guys feeling about this? Am I... Am, is it fair to say that you're at least there's reason to be excited? I'm excited. I think um, 
I think like, like you said, with the Sounders approach, like we are still in a pandemic and it's important to remember that like people are still dying every day. Um, and the numbers are getting a lot better, which is, and people are getting vaccinated, which is all just so amazing to see. Um, so I'm excited and I'm really grateful for the like thought that's going into it. And I know it can be really frustrating to not have answers while that thinking is happening. Um, but, uh, I, I'm sure I am not a player myself, but I have to imagine it's going to feel pretty awesome to have people that you can hear in the stands again too. And that, that has to go far. I've already seen a couple of rain players celebrating the news. So I think people are excited to have their fans back for sure in whatever capacity is safest. It also just makes sense because like the, as I think I wrote like two months ago, like the science behind outdoor yeah. events is, is really strong and solid, but uh, that's a lot safer than going into a restaurant at 50% capacity or yeah. a movie theater or a bowling alley. So it, it kind of makes sense. And, and if I have to choose one of those that I'm, I'm going to be more risky for, I'm willing to go outside. I mean, I take my dog for walks outside every day. Yeah. You know, we've seen, we've seen ways adapt uh, how people have adapted to outdoor parks. So I'm a little bit, you know, it, it's safer than a lot of the dumb stuff that everybody's done at least once during the pandemic. (laughs) Uh, Some people even more than that, but so that makes me, you know, that makes me happy as, as somebody who had the good fortune to work in the sports industry for a couple of years, full time. Um, seen uh particularly for the the smaller teams um defiance rainiers aqua socks the west coast baseball league with like yakima and walla walla spokane all of those like those organizations have like three people working between all of them now it, it, i i over exaggerate but they didn't have billion dollar tv deals um and rain didn't i have no idea how they managed like they held on by the skin of their teeth through good fortune and cost cutting, but even the big clubs, like the Sounders had cuts over the past year. The Mariners had cuts. The Seahawks had cuts. Uh, The big clubs with the big contracts had to cut people. The small clubs that really have to have packed stadiums on an August night. uh, It's going to be nice for, for them to do this with the cooperation of fans that vaccinate mask stay distance actually wash your hands um all of those things that have been the core to limiting this spread um we're still all gonna have to do it uh and it's gonna be more fun watching games with six thousand fans than games with like the one coach that's up in the, the stands right. yeah i i think that that's something to you know you, you bring up and i think it's a good point that the that watching a game at like this, the act of stand of being in your seat at Moomin field is not the dangerous part. I, I guess to the degree, and this is where the, the numbers thing comes in is they could probably put 17,000. They could probably put 20,000 inside. Like if you're just talking about the two hours of game or 90 minutes of gameplay, it would be pretty easy. I think to feel safe while you're in your seat. The issue is getting in and out, going to the bathroom, getting concessions, doing all that kind of thing. And it's the people you run into on the concourse and 
And I think that's why the, the limits, the limitations are what they are. And I think that we probably all need to practice some patience in terms of uh, under, in understanding that the Sounders want to do this safely. The Rain, I'm sure, want to do it safely. The Rainiers slash Defiance want to do this safely. And and I think that, you know, and I, I wonder actually, the Defiance probably in the Rain have, a, have an advantage in that I think it's almost all open concourse. At, yeah, it's even more open right? than mm-hmm. Safeco and, and Luminar. It's a, Keeney is, is very open except for the suites. And then uh, the Summit Club and uh, multi-care uh, club lounge. I've forgotten. I haven't been there for a year. This this <laughs> this day one year ago was the last time that we worked out of the uh, the stadium. So um, when you were calling, so when you were you were still on the broadcast last year, though, right? Yeah, I did visit for four uh, four broadcasts for Defiance last year. They only had okay, four so home did, games during the slow the yeah. restart. You were in the stadium. I was wondering if you were actually, if they actually had you doing that remote or something. No, that we were in the stadium, but it was like, don't wander around. Didn't, wasn't allowed at the field level. Like one of my traditions was to walk the field. Didn't get to do that anymore. Didn't get to interview coaches post game anymore. Um, Don't print things out on the printer. That's all the way over in the office and just stay in the one room. You and Andrew Harvey windows open the whole time, no matter the temperature. Um, stay very very far from anybody else um which still was great because unlike y'all i got to see live sports in the actual stadium yes only four times but still that was a little like it was a little hit um yeah yeah i went twice i went to CenturyLink twice uh and i just kind of ultimately decided that the i thought they did a decent job of you know, like creating a safe environment, the workstations were spaced out, but you know, like that press box is, is closed. There's no windows to open there. Uh, and you, I just felt like whatever, what, however safe it felt, like there was nothing to be gained really from going is, is how I felt ultimately. Like when you can't even go down and get your own interviews, what are you there for? Right? Like you're like, you can see the field a little bit better, but I just didn't, it just didn't strike me as worth the risk. And I don't know, I don't know what my calculation will be. My risk calculation will be this year, early in the season. I, I imagine I'll go to the first game, but I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to start sitting in the press box even for more than, you know, until I'm vaccinated at least. And until I have a sense that a lot of the other people in there are vaccinated. So I I don't know what I'm going to do. I actually haven't thought about that a whole lot, but you know, Dave brought up an interesting point and I'm curious uh, Susie, wh- where, like, how do you, what's your perception of how the rain are looking at this whole situation? Like if they can bring in six, let's just say 1600, that would be the top end of what they could potentially bring in. Is that enough to like pencil out for it to be like, uh, like that they're going to try to push that number or what's it, what's your sense of how that might play out? I think today's point, you have a little more flexibility at Cheney in, in some ways to do that. Um, and still let everyone feel really comfortable. It's such an open environment. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's a really interesting time for the rain, right? Because last year they got bought by OL group and then the pandemic hit and we haven't really gotten a chance to see what OL groups investment really means to the club, except for today's point, like the fact that they didn't lay people off, um, like 
you have more money um, in your ownership group, you maybe have some more flexibility when they're looking at this more long-term. So I think that though they really recognize that there is a real need to continue the connection with the region and the fans. And so I think they're going to do whatever they can to, to really foster that this year. So I'm not going to say they're going to be aggressive in their, in their numbers they're encouraging, but I think they know that like, especially for women's soccer and Laura Harvey said this all the time with the rain earlier, like if I can get you to one game, you're going to come back. So I think um, that's going to be really important for the rain this year. I think it's important too, to remember rain and sounders are opening on the 16th. The Mariners are almost two weeks prior to that. So there's a reason why they're further along in this whole, what's going on. They're closer to the date and all the facts on the ground are continue to change. People continue to get vaccinated. So this uh, clamor for, we need more information right now. Is that really good? Are you going to make the decision right now? Okay. I'm not yeah. going to go to that game. Cause that doesn't matter. Really. You're going to do like you do when you go to the grocery store and you're like, well, do I do uh, do I walk in or do I order pickup and delivery yeah. um, at the very last minute? Because that's what'll matter is what the conditions are like on the 16th. I don't need a, a plan today that's going to change four times because vaccinations um, have increased dramatically to that point or a new variant has popped up in Washington state. And so it's more dangerous than we thought it's so not only does patience make sense just in general in life, in this case, it just makes sense because we're over four weeks away yeah. from opening night in, as we've discovered over the past 12 months, um, the, the health and safe environment of health and safety has changed every day for 366 <laughs> days. Um, I think we can give the clubs, the counties, the city and the state a little bit of time to get this dialed in yeah. to have maximum safety because it's in zero cases for any of the teams that we're talking about here. Will the number be big enough to make a dent? Well, it'll dent their PL statement, but it's not like a go or no go. Right. Like, and I, you yeah. know, I was, that, that was actually one of the things that stuck out, stood out to me when talking to the Sounders yesterday was that was like, look, it doesn't matter if we have 6,000 fans or 16,000 fans. The reality is that we're losing money, no matter, like, it's a losing proposition for us to have this small crowd. So the point of having fans in there is not to like recoup losses for the Sounders it's to like get back on the path toward sustainability and you know and that got me that kind of got me thinking you know at like let's just say it's 6,000 for the sake of this conversation I I think the Sounders should maybe just not allow any Sounder like not make it a season ticket thing like make like invite for uh people that were considered um why am I blanking on the, the word? First responders, healthcare, like the yeah, essential yeah. workers. Essential workers was the word I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. Why not bring bring essential workers, like make it an essential, like give free tickets to essential workers. I don't know how you vet them. I don't know, you know, like I, it's not my job. I'm not the logistics guy, right? I'm just <laughs> saying like, do a PR thing. We're going to have the first game. It's going to be all essential workers. Everyone's vaccinated. Let's do this. And we'll, And it's like more of a statement. And sure, you're going to have some fans that are upset. I'm sure there are. But the thing is, like, my thinking is that 
there's already like even today you know like if you asked every season ticket holder today in a month are you going to want to go to the sounders first game my suspicion is a lot more than six thousand want to go maybe it's twelve thousand maybe it's twenty thousand heck maybe by the time we get to april 16th there's fifty thousand people that want to go to that sounders game but if you're only going to have six thousand there you're all you're already like just playing a mitigation game of how do you avoid people being disappointed there's going to be a big chunk of people disappointed either way and i think everyone would be able to accept that disappointment a little bit more if they all knew like you know remove the fomo thing if you were an essential worker if you've been working during this whole time if you've been putting yourself at risk if you've one of the people that really frankly helped us get to this point where we're feeling like we can go out let those people go to the game and I, I, am I being naive here? I mean, does this seem, does this seem like a, a decent idea? What do you guys think? Well, it's how they approached the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was a little uncomfortable to watch all those people, but this yeah, there was is a lot of people. That was too many people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is different. I, I think it would be great. I, I do wonder if like the fact that we don't have a full schedule is just like amplifying people's anxiety. You know, yeah. we only know this one game and for the rain, we only know two games at home right now. Um, and so there's just so much uncertainty that everyone's like, but I just want to go to see soccer. So um, to let, to like put all that pressure aside for the first game and just say like, we're going to just invite frontline workers, um, I think makes a lot of sense and would be a great like community boo. So I'm for it if it, and I don't want to help to figure out the logistics either. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing about the limited number of fans is, it, is it's really about morale and right. and hope and uh, emotion. It's 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 not an economic decision. Exactly, that's um, exactly it. Particularly for the for particularly for the Sounders. So find a way to spread that hope and that positive vibe. Um, as we know, uh, stadiums and whatnot are um, the economic factor of the stadium is minimal to an area. Sorry, Aslan thinks he's the center. He of agrees. Um, yeah, but the morale boost. I mean, that, that's what you know. Bread and circuses. <laughs> give us some circuses, and particularly <laughs> give the circuses to the people who have had the hardest time. Who made the bread? You had it right there. The analogy yeah. was sitting there right there. <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Plus, uh, you know, selfishly that, that extends one more game of my, uh, my season tickets into 2022. So, right. um, <laughs> yeah, e- exactly. Uh, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that it, to me, it's just like a no, it's almost a no brainer. Like it just like, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, why would you like, what are we going to do? What's the best, like, we're going to do a lottery and six that, you know, like, or we're going to go, like Dave had suggested maybe they go reverse order or they go order of chronology of like when you bought your tickets. So like, Oh, Niners would potentially be able to uh, get the most have first shot at the, at the, at the tickets, Uh, which, you know, I don't want begrudge anyone that it's just like, you're going to have this FOMO thing. If you, Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's open to all the fans, you're going to like every, like, I, I don't know. I'd be tempted to go. And that's against my best judgment, frankly. Like, I don't, like, let's not tempt people who, sh- you know, probably shouldn't go to go. Like, just like, let's just remove the decision-making process. If we, and, and the thing is like, if we get out to, like, we only really need to push this out, like maybe a month. That's the thing is like in a month, 
after like a month after April, like by mid-May, you're going to probably be able to safely have maybe not a full stadium, but like enough of a full stadium that you can start to like, okay, you, you, you're, you're, you can go to every other game or something like that. And you can have a little bit more of a system. Um, you know, I, I think my expectation is sometime in the summer is when we'll get full stadiums, maybe late summer. Uh, and it's, it's fun being in one of the, uh, the U S soccer markets where there are enough season ticket holders where you're going to be like, Oh, it's 25%. So we have to figure out who gets to go. Right. Uh, because you know, most teams still operate on a game to game system rather than season tickets for both MLS and, uh, NWSL. Cause even the, even with the, the rain, uh, with that 1600 capacity, they have more than that for season tickets, um, by a little bit, uh, our neighbors down to the South are going to be what if they're at 20, 25 or 30% in Oregon, both their teams are going to have these discussions. Um, whereas, you know, so much of American soccer, even though attendance numbers are pretty good for American soccer, it's all people who decided like two weeks before the game that they're going to go. Um, so it's just another one of those notes that, um, of, uh, how unique the, Seattle soccer experience, the Portland soccer, Atlanta, and a handful of others are compared to, you know, we have other places like FC Dallas would be like, yeah, they're not limited to 25%. They're actually at 100. Well, you know, but, it'd be Austin's probably going to be leading the league in attendance for a little while here. If <laughs> like all things, it looks like they might open up their, uh, their stadium full, which would be frankly crazy. Well, their first their first home game isn't till like June. Oh, well, in that case, maybe they won't be. They're, they're like, state of Texas is not just open, but no masks too, right? Oh, yeah, they're, they're the state is threatening to sue Austin for having a local mask mandate. So um, <laughs> things are funny. a little ridiculous I laugh because it's it's sad. Uh, I I would also like to think that when we go back, like when we go back. That, like, I hope, I really do genuinely hope that we as a, as a community can agree that masking should main, be maintained through, at least for the rest of the season. Like, I want, like, if I go to a game, I want to, I, I am okay with wearing a mask during the game. I really am. I hope people are. I feel like that's one of the things that's been, that Seattle has done so well. And it's why Seattle has apparently, like, the second lowest, uh, covid rate of the of all the major metropolitan metropolitan areas in the country um and it's been I, I think a real success story and i think a lot of that is is just that culturally here we've accepted that masking like i can't tell you the last time that i saw an unmasked person at the supermarket and it's part of why like i have recently started going to the supermarket again i had been doing pickup for a long time but I, I now feel like you can go to the do basic things like go to the supermarket and um, and I would hope that going to a Sounders game would feel the same way where you can just trust that people are going to be smart and that they're gonna they're gonna respect their neighbors and do these kinds of things. Um, I think that's an important thing for people to keep in mind too when you think about capacity size is. Um, I work uh, I do communications at PDX Airport for people who didn't know. And when the pandemic hit, we had a mask policy. Enforcement is a hugely important thing 
um, and really hard for some, someone to do when you have thousands of people coming in and out of a stadium or out of an airport. Um, but if you don't do it well, people will let you know um, and they'll let the so everyone know on social media. So the more you open it up to fans, the more that one or two fans that aren't abiding by the rules, um, they're going to have a harder time enforcing it. So I think it's just helpful context for people to remember too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a self-perpetuating sort of policy. Like you make the policy, you enforce the policy, you change the mindset. And, as, and once the mindset takes hold of saying like, look, I'm going to wear a mask and I expect everyone else around me to wear a mask. It's really easy. It's like, it's a self-enforcing thing. Even people who are skeptical of how effective they are get in line because they don't want to be seen as a pariah. And I think that that's a, like, we're, we're not talking about like taking away people's freedoms. We're talking about wearing a mask. Like, I hope, like, I would like to think that's no longer a controversial statement, at least in this part of the country. I realize in many parts, it still is somehow, but I digress. Uh, do we have any other thoughts on on getting back do you guys get a sense from the organizations that this is that this is like an, a thing to be like really gung-ho about i think that um you know one of the reasons why nwsl set up their schedule the way they did which was a challenge cup tournament in april heading into may and then a full season following was because they weren't sure what the pandemic was going to look like in April and May gives you a chance to like plan more for fans later in the real regular season. So I actually think that the rain and many clubs were operating under the assumption that they wouldn't have fans necessarily for the challenge cup. And so this is like altered their thinking a little bit and maybe rushed their process a little bit more than um, they had originally intended. So I think they're excited, but I, I, I do suspect they're playing a little catch up right now for these April games. On, on my side with defiance, I think one of the interesting things that, that our, that governor Inslee did was said that the minor league teams, which obviously the Rainiers are the most dominant within the state, but there, there are about a dozen other baseball teams and, and whatnot. The Mariners Sounders and rain will influence what happens with the minor league teams because all of their seasons are starting later in the year. AAA baseball is in May. Defiant schedule isn't out, but it's early May is about when it's supposed to start. So those two weeks um, later than the Sounders and four weeks later than the Mariners gives kind of a snapshot of how are, how are things working and an additional month of uh, people getting stuck with uh, one of the three vaccines, maybe a fourth one gets approved in that time. Um, so for teams, the, the other two Tacoma teams and, and those other baseball teams around the state, uh, they have the opportunity to start their seasons in a better economic position than, say, the Mariners and, and Sounders, for example. So it'll be interesting to, to see, um, not often when the, the experiment is with the, the big league clubs, normally, normally rules changes to start start with the small organizations, but in this case, it's uh, the way the schedule's worked out, uh, essentially how well the Seattle Mariners handle things because they have so many more games. Will really yeah. demonstrate how the Sounders, Rain, Defiance, Rainiers, Aqua Sox, et cetera, will be able to, to conduct themselves. We're, we're basically counting on Major League Baseball fans to demonstrate, yes, we can uh, wear our masks, we can stay separate, we can be two households together and no more in our little groups 
we can wash our hands, which I'm still stunned here a year later that we are still getting reminded to wash our hands. I thought, I thought that was something that I learned at, you know, at the age of five, but um, we still need to get reminded of that. And then having, you know, more and more people willingly vaccinated uh, will set things up really well, particularly for Rainier's Defiance Aquasides. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that this is all something that, and I think I'm, and I'm actually relieved. I, I, I really am relieved that we get to be excited about this a little bit. And I, I think it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I remember I've had many conversations with my wife about how the end of this pandemic is going to feel a little bit um, hard to know when it happens because it's so incremental. And I, and I feel like to a certain degree, that's really true. But I do like this, like return to sports stadium is one way that I think it can start to feel real and it can feel like this is a real thing that we're moving towards. And, and hopefully the numbers are going to stay low and we won't have a flare up and we can continue to feel good about the direction that we're going. Uh, but it, it's, it is something to be like, it does feel like there's a light, a real light at the end of the tunnel at this point. And I think that's something to be excited about. Um, you know, and, and hopefully we can do this responsibly. And I, and I think one thing just to like a message I'll put out there into the world is like, give grace to these organizations. I realize that sounds silly to talk about giving grace to a professional sports organization, but in this case, I, I do think they're trying to do the right thing to, to like, let, let them figure this out reasonably. Don't put too, like, I don't want to get into a situation where we're putting a lot of pressure on the Sounders, the Rain, the Defiance, the Mariners, whoever, to just open it up and go full bore. Like let, like let's let's trust that they are trying to do this safely, and uh, and I hope that the teams act responsibly on their end too. That they that they don't create an environment where they're like pushing the envelope uh, because I don't think this is a push the envelope situation. Frankly, um, we have time. We, like it's a lot easier to open things up slowly than to have to close them down. Right. Uh, and I, I think that that's something maybe we should, we should keep in mind. And, um, and I'm excited about it. Uh, one other thing I'll, I'll plug before, while we're talking about excitement is we have, uh, as you may have heard, and hopefully you know about, if you're listening to this podcast is uh, YachtCon back to school is going to be starting up next month, this coming Monday. Uh, we hope, we hope we, we actually haven't been able to announce the featured guest for Monday. So technically our first scheduled event is not until Wednesday, but we're hoping to soon announce something on Monday. And if we don't, we'll be on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, Monday, Wednesday's course is, is already sold out. That's the full pool wines, wine tasting class. Uh, Dave is also hosting a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that is on, what is it? The What day is it? That's Sunday, March 21st oh, at 7 p.m. You can uh, join in the audience. We sold out in 24 hours, we sold out. We don't only had a few seats because there's one dungeon master. So we sold out really fast in that case. But join us. There'll be some audience participation. Susie's going to monitor comments and let us know. I'll work in some questions for Wade Weber, the now head coach of Tacoma Defiance, who will be participating. And then Ethan HD, the uh, owner of Destiny City Comics and a professional wrestler with Defy, is our other South Sound celebrity. Um, and we've got five people that are really, really excited. Uh, uh, 
over on my personal account, I'll be releasing the character art for each of them um, actually later this afternoon. They finally all approved what I put forward for them. And so we'll get to meet some of the characters that they'll be playing in a uh, South Sound inspired D&D. And Susie, uh, do you potentially have some news for us on this front? I might have some breaking news, um, breaking news. for this po- for this podcast. Um, we are also very close to um, organizing a fun rain conversation as part of YachtCon. So stay tuned. Maybe next week we'll share more details about that. Yeah, it's it's been one of the cool things. I think every year we've had YachtCon, we've had a rain element, and it would be. I'm really excited that we're hopefully going to be able to keep that going. Uh, Other courses that we have uh, still, we have a cocktail making class that is probably by the time you, frankly, by the time you hear this, it's probably going to be sold out. There's only four spots left as I, four paid spots as I, as I, as we are recording this. Um, Will Bruin will be participating in that. We're going to try to get Kate Bruin to participate as well. That's his wife. uh, So they can get a babysitter. That will be the, that's the trick there. Uh, and and then we also have a pizza making class. We can't announce the celebrity guests on that one yet. Uh, we haven't been able to confirm them, but we are expecting to have some uh, Sounders participation in that one. Uh, the masonry pizza and fast fashion brewing made a beer, especially for YachtCon, which is pretty exciting. Uh, we have the how to build a dynasty seminar with Garth uh, Lagerway, Lagerway. And the cool thing about that is that we added a, Fundraising component, it's a little complicated to maybe explain right here, but long story short, you can pay money to get us to eat hot wings and you get to ask a spicy question as part of it. Uh, I would go to Sounder Heart and you can read the details on that, but uh, we are selling those spots. There's uh, still plenty of ways to do that. And we're, we're believe it or not, we're going to come pretty close to equaling last year's fundraising total, which is pretty wild to me considering this is a virtual event uh granted it's probably a lot more work than we put in last year (laughs) but it's gonna uh, be fun i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh we're getting right into the point where i didn't have anything better to do anyway so um hosting seven courses is like no big deal over the course of two weeks uh but yeah i think it's gonna be a lot of fun if you haven't signed up i really urge you to do it uh of course all the proceeds that we get go to the Seattle Children's Autism Center, which I think is a really great charity. We've worked with them for the last four years. They've been really good partners to us. I know a lot of the people there and uh, it's a great organization. So uh, that's that's the show, I think. So uh, I'm signing off for Jeremiah O'Shan, uh, Dave Clark, and Susie Rance. This was the Center at Heart podcast and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week at YachtCon. <laughs>